0: Welcome to episode 78. In their book, Collaborating for English Learners, Dr. Andrew Hugginsfeld and Maria G. Dove shared a collaborative instructional cycle. It consists of co-planning, co-teaching, co-assessing, and co-reflecting. Co-reflecting is the focus of this episode with Ashley Blakely. Welcome to the Teaching Multilingual Learners podcast. This podcast celebrates teachers who answer the calling to serve multilingual students and their families. Your beautiful smile, your beautiful- At least once a unit, I ask my students to complete an anonymous survey to provide me feedback on my teaching practice. This has helped refine my practice and made learning more enjoyable for them. If getting feedback from students is an effective practice, why not ask for feedback from our teaching partners? But feedback should be a conversation where we provide both suggestions and celebrate successes. In this conversation, you'll hear about the different forms of co reflecting, how to engage in co reflecting, and even leave with a framework for co reflection. Now, on to today's podcast. With us today is Ashley Blackley. She is one of three members of the Ready, Set, Co Teach team. In North Carolina, she is are, her and Allison and John have already been on together as a group, and now I'm having them back individually to cover different other different topics. So Ashley talked about so Ashley's here to talk about co-reflecting. John talked about co-teaching models, and then Allison talked about co-assessment. So oh, we're so lucky to have you here. Can you talk? Can you tell us about your context, Ashley?
1: Yes, Tan, thank you for having me. Um, so we are a co-teaching team. I've been co-teaching with Allison. Uh, we co-teach the ESL cluster in first grade, um, now for about three years. Um, and we just like to try a lot of different practices and kind of bring new things into our co-teaching mix. And it's been really fun and a great experience.
0: How did you start with like before co-teaching your wonderful co-teaching experience that, that you have? what was your perception of co-teaching before you even met Allison and John?
1: Um, So I guess you could think that uh, it's more of like a support uh, where a a person would come in and just support your ESL students. Um, But what I found is that it's vastly different than that. So it's more kind of a team doing everything together. yes yes. and allison doesn't just even see our esl students like she'll take groups with all the students if that that's what they
0: need yes i appreciate how you identify the distinction between support and real teacher collaboration and support Mm -hmm. is like a watered down version of the skills of the gifts that we can provide but with co teaching or really teacher collaboration that's the encompassing umbrella it's not just co-teaching it's bringing your skill sets together to, to build something together at the same time. And that's what we always been looking for. So it's not just co-teaching, it's working together. Is it co-assessing, co-reflecting? Is it co-planning? Let's talk about co-reflecting. I never thought, because when I thought about reading Andrew's book, before reading Andrew's in Maria's book, I always thought about, oh, okay, it's co-plan... I thought initially it was just co-teaching. And then right. I started to shift to co teaching, co planning. But then in co planning, there are two other things it's co assessing. You're planning to co assess, you're planning the assessments. That's really co assessing. And then they are also reflecting on your relationship with people. And then, so I was like, oh, what an interesting paradigm shift. What, how do you approach co reflecting with Allison and John?
1: Um, so for us, we we have um, informal and formal ways of yes. over things. Yes. So sometimes on the spot, we'll just right after a lesson, we'll look at each other and go, "That was not a good idea. Maybe we should have parallel taught that. This was way above their level," um, and we'll make a shift even right there on the spot. Yes. Um, sometimes we wait until after the lesson and we reflect at that point in time but then we are always sure to put it in our agenda. So we know we're gonna go ahead and have some glows and grows from this week. So glows being positives and grows being things that we could work on to improve our, either our co-teaching or just our instructional practices. For our more formal things, um, that's really a good time because for me, I get to hear things that are going well. And then also I love to set new goals based on those grows.
0: There, there's so many things I want to talk about because I'm writing them down right now. And let's start f- first talking about scheduled and informal and formal. How often do you have formal reflecting time, and how often do you have informal reflecting time?
1: We try to have our formal reflecting time on our agenda every week, so that would be a weekly um, thing at like when we're in session. Um, And then we have a more formal thing at the end of the year, which is pretty awesome, where we actually complete a worksheet separately so that we really have time to reflect and think about the things that went well that year or maybe you did it per session. Um, And then think about the things that you really want to work on with your partner the next year. And then we come back together so we get to hear real honest feedback from each other about, the whole year as a whole and then make shifts to our classroom setup or whatever we want to change for the next year. It's nice to see what matched up and uh, kind of what the other person had been thinking that you weren't thinking. So it gives you a good time to really individually reflect and then come back
0: together. Okay. So when you have that do you have that worksheet that you can send me that I could share with the listeners? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you have a big one at the end of the year and so we mm-hmm. also have weekly ones as well yes and then you structure that by the thing that andrea and maria has shared in their book it's the grows and glows so if it's something we mm-hmm. want to grow in our practice so that's the goal part and something that you want we want to celebrate which is glow so how do you structure what does that look like in a group how long do you spend time with it
1: Um, so we actually just put it as the first thing on our agenda every week. So before we dive into planning the next thing, we just go ahead and we just talk about it right there on the spot. So what went well this week? How do you think the lessons were going? What students were getting it? What students weren't? And
0: then we move on and try to make adjustments from there. Yeah, that's really important. I remember when I interviewed John and Hattie, he said, you have to know the impact of your instruction. Don't talk about reading, don't talk about strategies. Talk about the impact that those strategies had on kids. And so we always are looking at student data. We're always looking at what they're producing, writing samples, observations, and then that can inform our instructional practice.
1: Yeah, and honestly, Tom, like that can be something that people skip over really easily, which is why we put it in our agenda so that we're purposefully hitting that. And I do that in my big group PLTs too, because it's really important to make sure that we're always reflecting and growing as a team. Yes.
0: I appreciate how you talked about <laughs> not skipping over that. We do that as well in, in our, so the current M with grade five, and we reflect at the end of a unit, after units end has ended, we spend a, an entire period of planning, looking at each of the individual parts of the lesson. And then we say Mm -hmm. so we make a little chart. We say, okay, on this side are the elements of the unit, and then the next column over is things that we want to keep about that aspect. For example, let's say that we're doing uh, unit uh, novel writing. So that would be the content of the unit. The column would be what do we want to what do we want to keep about novel writing, and the last unit, the last column is what do we want to consider about novel writing? We all do it individually and we don't use that. That column is intentionally not called something to change. It's something to consider. We come to the group. We fill it out all out. We have a google doc. People add to that google doc. Then we come together and we say what do we keep? What do we consider? We talk about what we should consider.
1: And um, Something that you said that you were talking about how you do it at the end of each unit Um, And that's really good for your next year's instruction. We have uh, Somebody who did a guest blog post her name is Lindsay Evans, and she works in our county and she um, She and her co-teacher have reflection journals. So they consistently take notes on their lessons and like if something just wasn't in like a good order for the students to learn. They can go back and look at those for the next year. And it's just such an easy thing where each person just has a notebook and you write down notes because you're not really gonna remember it when you go back to plan the next year. How How does that work? For them, they were starting a whole new curriculum So they really were writing just notes about delivery of instruction. It wasn't the reflection that you're necessarily having that conversation about what we're going to do next week, but it was just about how the delivery was going so that next year when they turn to that lesson in their manual, they can open their reflection journal and know we need to do this to scaffold this lesson,
0: which is an excellent resource for yourself so it's for the year so they as they're working on the curriculum they write it down so they bring it back in the next year
1: yeah ah, okay great.
0: Oh. so i've created our teacher collaboration course and part of it is co-reflecting and i thought about what are all the layers of reflecting that people can have and so the we've already touched on a few of them informal and formal immediate and scheduled and the other ones are mm-hmm. broad and specific you can reflect on on the teacher or on the student you can meaning like what things kids did or what things we did you can also reflect on the resource or process you could do it anonymously or publicly and you could and the last layer is like the frequency those are all the different things you could do to consider
1: yeah i really love the idea of anonymously like if you're in a group where people don't feel as comfortable maybe using sticky notes where they just stick it somewhere and you don't know who wrote it
0: yeah for me, I actually use more of a in the moment reflection. It's called the reflection formula. What it is, is that you first positively notice something. You might say, Hey, Ashley, I really like the way that you gave instructions like that. And then I would say, open-ended questioning. You say, when I give instructions, what are your thoughts? So it's really non-threatening. It's leading with saying, I notice you do this. Well, Hey, how am I doing? So there's no formal sit down so there's the 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 space between what we saw and our time to reflect is zero so right there is immediate and it's so informal that teachers are already so co-reflecting is already part of the process instead of this formal way that's how i do it
1: oh i really love that and starting with the positive and then when you say open-ended questioning that's Andrea Hunting like her uh, MO is doing the wonderings. Yes. Which really leads people to almost reflect to themselves. Yes. Which is excellent. Especially if you don't have that relationship with somebody to just say, I think we should have done this, which honestly, Allison and John and I sometimes do. And sometimes it's better to lead with the question. So yeah. you
0: just have to know the person that you're collaborating with. Yes. And that's, and that's why I say like a part of reflection is either you could do it independently first and then collaboratively at the end, or you could just do it by yourself. The reason is because sometimes people are not ready to reflect with you because you're not at that collaborative space yet. But what you can do is reflect with yourself and your, your independent reflection of yourself can shape your teacher collaboration when you work with them even if they didn't reflect with you
1: yeah absolutely and then if you take those reflections and maybe set personal goals yes even if it's just about maybe your um communication skills or your collaboration um your efforts in the collaborative opportunity then at least you're starting to grow and maybe eventually your goal could be to start reflecting with your
0: your partner right the reason is because you still need to grow even if your co-teacher is not interested in in co-reflecting one way (laughs) that i grow my own practice even if my teacher is not willing to co reflect with me even informally is something called micro teaching it's what john hattie Recommends it's where you record yourself teaching for a short section, short segment, and then watch that again. So I work with a really phenomenal teacher, and she's so open-minded. And though we don't reflect, we actually informally reflect all the time. We don't formally reflect, but I use I put my iPad up in front of the t- uh, in front of the classroom, and I just record me and her working together. And then I sit down and I watch it. And it really is a great way of reflecting. She does not she's like, I don't want to see myself on the camera. You can go reflect on your own self, but I'm not <laughs> going to do that. And But I get to still get to practice and grow and reflect on my practice because then that now shapes how I work with my co-teacher.
1: Well, and that's something that this distance learning thing is um, really helping with yes. because somebody recently, uh, was observing us and they gave us some feedback that we talk over each other when we teach oh. we don't even notice it oh. and videoing our lessons, so we've both realized you know now the person who's speaking is popping up in our video and it is like not able to decide and so now we're really understanding what that person was talking about and that's really helpful Um, For us to kind of start practicing making sure we're not talking over each other and it's something that's small But that's not beneficial to students for us to be uh, Both jumping in and they're having to figure out who's talking when we're co-teaching in front of them So that's actually probably going to be a good benefit that comes out of distance learning for us.
0: Yeah and I want to add to that point where if you don't have someone to observe you, like in that situation, that someone came and observed you, that's why we record ourselves, to reflect on how we're doing. And this, right now we're recording this in April 2020, where the coronavirus has really affected schools and actually the whole world. So we can use this moment to record ourselves teaching our kids. If we have a group of kids coming together, we can record ourselves and our interactions with kids. We can, and now that we're sending out videos, we can actually record ourselves and say, oh, I might be speaking too quickly. Oh, or you might send a video to your friend and You say, hey, can you watch this 15-minute video that I had, or a five-minute video, and then analyze how I'm leading instruction? And that's a great opportunity, too, because I realized, oh, wait, I just created my first week of literacy lessons for my grade five, and I could have asked them, say, Can you please provide one thing that you uh, appreciated about the videos and one thing that you asked me to consider about the video? How should I do that? Yeah, what an easy way.
1: Yeah, and my team has been really uh, wanting to do more learning walks where we watch each other other teach. Yes. And just today, I was thinking about that because we're creating the videos for each subject and then sharing them. So we're really gonna be able to take this opportunity to learn from each other by watching these videos in order to get feedback to our students. So I might even create a worksheet based on that where it's just a real simple thing for my videos and just offer that chance to other people.
0: Oh, what a great idea. Now we're building on each other's ideas. Yes, thank you. No worries, thank you. The other thing I wanna talk about is something called high-impact co-reflecting. In, I've already probably, by now, already shared something called high-impact co-planning, where we focus on co-planning the rubrics, the text sets, the unit plans, the writing structure, the summative assessments, the projects, the big projects for that unit. When you... So we use that because during co-planning, we focus on those items because those are the big boulders of our unit, that really anchors our unit. Something like planning a graphic organizer is like a pebble or a grain of sand because that's only used once. But when we plan an assessment, that grounds our instruction for the entire unit. Same thing when we co-reflect with each other, we focus on the things that have the biggest impact. We don't really focus on the graphic organizer that was done for that particular day. We focus on, let's look at the assessment. How did kids do in the assessment? How did we structure the assessments? And was the restructuring a positive experience for kids? So that's called high-impact co-reflecting. Think about, okay, if I only have this set of time to reflect with you or to talk about, which of the items of the unit can we talk about that will have the biggest impact, long-lasting impact?
1: Right, that makes so much sense because if you are reflecting on the assessments, then you can also be thinking about what instruction you must include for the students to be able to perform on
0: that assessment yep. that's right so it's, it's like ma- it's maximizing your time if you're going to do something don't just do something per uh maximize it here's another thing that i wanted to share with with teachers it's called my co reflection framework it's called uh inc a-i-n-c i'm figuring out or i can use so it's it's a it's an acronym but you have to do it in order a a I N C. So it's something I appreciate about our professional partnership. So if you're going to do co, like a formal relationship, a formal reflection, i say, hey, this is something I really appreciate about our relationship. The next thing is I. What have I done well? You can say this is what I have. I think I've done well in your reflection. And then the N is what do you need more of me? Notice I didn't say this is what I need more from you. And the last C is, would you consider? This is our time to ask teachers, not to change, but saying, hey, this is something that I need a little bit. This is something that I use with my my boyfriend. So we'll come together and, and we'll talk about, hey, I really appreciate that you did this. Um, and the last, I think, thinking about the last few months, I think I have done this well. Is there anything that you need me to do more for our relationship? And the last one is, hey, can you consider this part, It would, if you would do that, it would make me feel this way. So I just use my relationship framework for a professional teaching relationship framework.
1: Yeah, one thing I would have not have thought about is the part where you add in what you've done well, but if each person is doing that on a regular basis, then you can start to see what's really um, important to the person who
0: is sharing those. So that's a really good idea. So most of your, most of your reflection is in person. And then you also have some worksheets, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. we have, um,
1: we, we also really focus on the goal setting. Um, and I know we shared that with the last podcast that we did, but we really like to set goals together because it helps us to advance in what we're doing. So. That's enough, like, kind of taking it to the next more formal step is setting your either instructional goals or just your goals as a partner. Um, like, a real simple goal that we had was just to improve wait time. As a group. So, we just made it, you know, a really simple goal at one point. It was a real short term goal. And we started with the wait time just after we asked a question. Because, you know, when you're co-teaching and there's two people talking, it's a lot uh, more difficult to yeah. make sure that you have that, mm-hmm. uh, that silent wait time because you always have two of you waiting to jump in. So um, we were really able to push that first wait time where you ask the question and then you wait and then you give them the time to turn and talk. But then we saw the um, graphic, the sketch notes by Valentina And um, she has a second wait time where after they respond, you give an additional wait time, which has been really good for getting discussions going in our class. So we give them a second time to think, and they can either extend on the opportunity to talk or another student can jump in. So that's just one thing that's kind of come from our co reflecting and just our professional learning on Twitter together.
0: Yeah, it's, Valentina is amazing. Do you give each other goals?
1: It's not necessarily that we give each other goals, but when we're thinking about what's going well in our instruction or with our students, we I kind of take some of those grows and we might create a goal if
0: it's something that we're seeing a lot. Yes, as a pattern. Mm-hmm. We did the how and the what, we forgot about the why. Why do you think mm-hmm. co-reflecting is an essential part? You kind of mentioned it, but let's be even more explicit.
1: Oh, well, I mean, as we talked about on our last podcast when we were together, co-teaching and having the opportunity to co-reflect are really a professional development in itself. Yes. And it gives you the opportunity to grow not only individually, but as a team. And it's super important just because the students are benefiting in the long run from you learning and growing and using your what you have reflected on to set new professional goals and go to the next
0: level with your teaching and your collaboration so it's about job embedded professional learning i guess this is really you know we always come back to saying teacher collaboration is wonderful for kids but it's also really great for our own practice because our own our practice is mostly isolating and in a individual experience but when we co-reflect just like when we co-teach co-assess our practice grows we become better from it and so it, you're right it is the one of the best forms of professional learning. let's end our podcast with traffic light teaching I think you've already prepared what are your red lights red sorry one red light a red light a yellow light, and a green light for teaching.
1: Okay, so my red light for co-reflection is stop rushing to the next lesson plan or thing, whether it's during class with students, you need to stop and reflect with the students on what you accomplished during your lesson that day, or whether it's after the lesson plan with your co-teacher. Make sure that you take the time to reflect on what you did, and think about what you're going to do better the next time. So that brings me to my yellow, something for you to ponder. What ways can we include students in our co-reflection? It's not so easy with the younger students, but there have to be some ways that we can extend that to our students and give them opportunity to reflect, or to share their, um, think, their thoughts about our instruction. Um, and my green is just to keep a growth mindset yes. all the time. Have an open mindset, willingness to change, willingness to learn and grow with your collaborators.
0: Right. And to add to that point, because I'm always adding everything. <laughs> to help your teachers be more receptive to, to co-reflecting, be careful of the language we use because at any time it it feels like an evaluative experience, it's over. There's no more code. You can go and reflect by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I totally get that. (laughs) Well, Ashley, thank you for sharing your experience. I know teachers will love your ideas and your structures and your recommendations. So thank you for being another member of this community and sharing this well. Really appreciate it.
1: Oh, it was an honor to join you. Thank you so much.
0: Before we recap this episode, I have a favor and an invitation. My favor is to ask you to please review this podcast if you found it valuable so that teachers like you become inspired and informed in their advocacy work. My invitation is for you to enroll in my scaffolding learning or teacher collaboration courses. I've taken the principles that I've learned from experts in the field. I've applied them to my classes. I kept the things at work and I'm sharing all of them in these courses. I hope you consider enrolling. Now onto our recap. As Ashley Blakely shared, co-reflecting is an essential part of teacher collaboration. It can be divided into formal and informal reflection. It can be done in a moment or on a scheduled basis. The content of the reflection can be about student work, resources, lesson sequence, assessments, co-planning, and co-teaching. I have found the toughest reflection is about my collaboration with others because it feels personal and evaluative, yet we must have conversations about our collaboration if we're going to strengthen it. The more challenging the relationship, the more I run from reflecting together with my co-teachers. If you cannot reflect with your co-teaching partner, then you can still reflect on your collaboration individually by yourself. The key is still reflection. In essence, when we reflect, even individually, our practice blooms and evolves, students' learning increases, and potentially our co-teaching partnership gets better. In the next episode, we'll have Dr. Katie Topple join us to share how she started co-teaching from scratch. Thank you for listening. I'll see you soon, be safe, and be rooted in peace. It's your turn to play traffic light teaching. Tweeted me either your red, yellow or green light from this particular episode. Your beautiful smile